Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say If you're an American and you're professing to be a Christian, well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? Get engaged in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassion. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews, Monica Show. Matthews Show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy, what's the date today? The 16th of February, 2021. Prayers going out to all of my friends in Texas who are, oh my gosh, snowed in, you're iced in, you have no water, you have burst pipes. I mean, it is nuts. You guys are like, where the heck do we live? Uh, well, some of this was prophesied, actually, by a gentleman by the name of Hank Kuhneman, I believe. I was not familiar with, um, I, I'm not sure if he's a pastor, but we'll just go with prophet. Um, not, I was not familiar with him prior to this election. I'm sure he's he's had a, a longstanding following, but... Uh, I do follow others in the body of Christ who profess to carry the mantle of prophecy, something that is extremely uncomfortable for some of you to align with, who are simply not familiar with it, or you just kind of feel like when Jesus ascended, um, God quit talking. Either way, it's okay. What's not okay is for the body, the leadership, pastors, right? the frozen chosen or otherwise, in the body of Christ to once align themselves with a, quote, prophet, because it was expedient for them at the time, because it seemed, it appeared as though you could look around the landscape of the world and and, and Trump rallies to the tens of thousands of people who would show up across this country, people all over the world rallying for President Trump. And at that point, it was expedient to say, well, yeah, of course the prophets are right that he's got four more years. Of course we agree with that. And the second it did not appear to be true, those pastors tuck-tailed and committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's a really serious charge because it's the only unforgivable sin. Everything else is forgivable. I didn't write it, but I, I try really hard to believe it because there's some things in the, in the scales of Monica, especially when it comes to our children, where I think to myself, yeah, I don't know, Lord. And then he reminds me that he empowered me with the ability to exercise mercy and grace 
against my own, or toward, rather, my own offenders. And it's with that remembrance that I try to conduct my daily life and, and realize that everything but blaspheming the Holy Spirit is forgivable. Again, he wrote it, I just believe it. So a lot of your pastors have, you know, well, I guess we, we just got it wrong. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't know. You know, they don't know what to believe because they quite honestly didn't really understand what they were believing to begin with, or maybe they didn't really have the Spirit of Christ within them as it was. We covered it last night with regard to, in Romans 8, talking about, well, maybe we covered the whole chapter actually, covering walking after the spirit versus walking after the flesh. What in the world does this have to do with politics? Well, in case you haven't noticed, everything. My show started with faith, life, and politics. That was the name of my show, the Monica Matthews Show. Faith, life, and politics with Monica Matthews. I was on WSB Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia, and cut my teeth there, filled in for Herman Cain nationally. Um, gosh, he's probably, well, and then filled in for Dana Lash. I mean, many other national hosts. The only show I didn't fill in for was Rush Limbaugh, and, and that's fine. He He's still my, he's my professional heart. He just is. Because he's unabashedly honest, and he understands the industry in which he was positioned and understands that, you know, ultimately you're selling ads, right? But that's not where he stopped. That's not where he starts and stops now. Thankfully, he's still with us, albeit struggling. But I love the fact that Rush just puts it out there. He just puts it out there. And you can chew the meat, spit out the bones, and he says it with authority and with belief in what he says, and the understanding that he can reserve the right to change. And there's something about a human being who gives themselves the mercy to reserve reserve the right to change their opinion, to change their, as their knowledge changes, as their knowledge grows or expands or possibly shrinks or it changes direction, right? They repent. Repent is such a, you know, we think of sex, drugs, and rock and roll whenever it comes to the word repent, But to repent is to simply change your mind. You're going in, it could be the wrong direction, but you're going in a direction that you ultimately decide, as we covered last night in the scriptures, that God repented of the evil he thought to do um, against man when we decided it would be really cool to dance around, you know, a giant golden calf and have an orgy because it was taking Moses entirely too long to get back down the mountain with those tablets. Remember that? That was last night. If you missed it, it was a good show, if I do say so myself, and I think it'll help set some of you free. And ultimately, that's what I was created for, was freedom, and so were you. I happen to be the messenger. I am not a popular messenger amongst liars. Those who are intimidated by the truth, who want to keep you in bondage politically or otherwise... But we talked about that last night because it's important for you to realize that a lot of you feel like you're in the desert. You feel like nationally we are literally in the desert. 
And and we felt like we were in the promised land for the past four years. I get it. And, and we were. <sighs> kind of. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things that, that may rattle you tonight that, that you might not be ready to receive. I don't know. I shouldn't speak that over you going into this, but I'm just prepared. You know, I, I pray about, Father, what do I say? What do you want me to say? And, and I'm going to cover some things that, I, that we covered together this morning in my prayer time, my study time. But, but it's really important for us to understand that it feels like we've been abandoned. We're out in the desert right now in this nation with who's in charge, who's not, what's real, what's not. You know, who screwed us? Who didn't? You know, is McConnell really the devil? Yes. But, you know, do we really have a chance in 2022 with a compromised voting system? No. You can primary people till Jesus returns, and it's not going to matter as long as you still have the same inept, willfully compromised um, leaders and elected officials in place who have been bought and paid for with a, with large geopolitical dollars yen primarily they are leveraged to the hilt they don't care about your about liberty or the principles therein of this government of this of this constitutional republic they don't care because they can't they've been bought and and paid for they've sold their souls to the devil quite literally you know, I'm a musician. I'm Grammy nominated. I've been part of the music industry my entire life, it seems. My mother was a musician. I was raised in the music industry. I've seen every beast you can imagine rear its head in business, in music. It's disgusting. And when I tell you that it, people do sell their souls, I'm, I'm not kidding about that. As, an, as a musician who, thank God, never got picked up by a major label, even though I prayed, right, I pray that God would just, oh, just let me be discovered. And then the more I would sing publicly, people are like, oh, my gosh, why aren't you signed? So I just chased that dragon, man, for so many years, wasted so much money doing that. Tens of thousands of dollars. Just, you know, dressed like a hooch, uh, you know, hung out in places. I did not be. Thank God I didn't need to be. I didn't get into drugs and all that mess. But, you know, but I would just show up and just hope like a, like a schoolgirl, like the ugly duckling at the prom, that someone, someone would give me a chance. And I knew I could sing. I knew I, I knew I was pretty. I knew I could make it. And I wanted to because everyone else around me told me that I should. And God was like, no, sweet baby, I have other plans for you. They're going to include your voice, but they're not limited to your voice. And can I tell you something? I love rocking this microphone. I love speaking to you. I don't need you to see my face or judge my eyelashes or my chest size or what am I wearing or my eyes are so pretty or my hair looks stupid and I need to do my roots. You know, all I don't need all of that. I just need my voice in your ear. I want to communicate with you on this level without any distraction at all, any visible distraction. I can also stand up in front of a crowd of 20,000 people and blow the roof off because I love to do that too. But when it comes to issues of the heart and the soul, this is my medium of choice, and more importantly, it's my father's. So I'm very grateful that you're here. 
I know I can be sassy. I have a whole lot of personality and I'm okay with that. And I'm trying to rein some of that fleshy stuff in, which is what we were talking about last night. But ultimately, you know, my late pastor used to tell me, Monica, you're an amazing woman of God. You really are. And you are the beloved. You have so many gifts and talents. And yes, you've messed up along the way, but you're just a girl. Oh, freedom. Freedom. Thank you. You're right. I'm just a girl. I'm just a human girl. Just, you know, in a trapped in a woman's body. But I'm a girl at heart. I, I, I'm just a girl. And, it, and what that means, for those of you who are ready to burn your bras over that statement, what that means is I have a place of rest. I don't have to be Joan of Arc every second of my day. And neither do you. I hope that helps someone. Neither do you. You're trying to juggle the kids, a husband who's more like the kids than the kids, uh, a career or the fact that you left a career to raise these little children that you're not sure if you, you know, you're not sure about anything. The little lechy league tells you you suck because they can't latch on properly. I mean, you know, listen, been there, done all of that. You're homeschooling. You don't know if you should homeschool. The teachers suck. What do we do about COVID? I don't know. Uh, someone's asking me if I'm a racist because I don't subscribe to race theory. Uh, now I got to protect my kids from, I mean, it is nuts what you guys have to go through. Thank God my daughter's grown. <laughs> God bless her with my grandkids. But thankfully she's smart. She was homeschooled and she'll tell you, she's not even tr- thinking about sending my grandchildren to school. Praise the Jesus. Praise the Lord. And some of you have hard decisions to make around that too. But I just want to tell you, that you're just a girl for you moms and women out there who are just like, man, I'm busting it. I'm, I'm, I'm so stretched. I I can't even, I cannot handle it all. You know why you can't handle it all? Because you weren't created to handle it all. You men out there, you're like, man, I can't get a break. She never quits bitching. She's always whining about something, nagging me about something. Can't do anything right. The kids think I'm a dummy. She concurs. And here we are. I lost my job, haven't worked since COVID, since the shamdemic started, and Dr. Death told everybody to stay home in Chinese, right? And some of you are like, I don't even know who I am anymore as a man. What, what am I doing? So you're seeking other outlets and younger chicks and old ch- who knows, you know, all kinds of addictions and self-accusation and self-pity is the worst, quite honestly. Good luck crawling out of that. Y'all got to just shake that off. My, my late pastor used to say that's the super glue of hell. It is the super glue to hell. Think about that. If you're sitting around feeling sorry for yourself right now because you don't have a job or maybe your wife hates you or you, you know, can't be sexually intimate anymore because you're on a million different blood pressure medications that have just made your body go, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Um, all of that, right? You don't feel well. You're super overweight. You're lazy. I don't know. Who, who knows how the devil's got you, you know, ensnared at this given point in time. And you just sit around feeling sorry for yourself, blaming your wife, just like Adam blamed Eve, you know, your kids or whatever. Yeah, they're kids. They're, they're my appendage. They're a tax benefit. Whatever it is you're thinking. I'm just being real. And you sit around and feel sorry for yourself. You know what that is? The super glue to hell. It will literally keep you super glued to hell. You will have no joy, no peace, no opportunities. You won't even see the opportunity when it comes. Because your face is stuck in your own mirror of self-accusation. And you know who does that? Not the author of liberty. The father of lies. That's how he fathers you. He convinces you that you're a piece of crap. 
and you say amen. He convinces you that there's no other way to feel good other than to do things in secret. And then you feel guilty because you're supposed to, because that's what a spirit of guilt does to your life. And then you get sick because your stomach's upset or you have migraines all the time. Your body's responding to your behavior and your thoughts because we reap what we sow. And then we decide, you know what, I'm just tired of the whole thing and I'm not going to vote or I'm just going to put all my weight and all my money, throw all of my good money to bad money in the hopes that we're going to be able to take our country back in two more years. What visions of grand delusion do you live on? On what planet do you all think we're going to take this country back in two years? Really? Some of you refuse to, you're so excited to be rid of Donald Trump. That's your own derangement syndrome, your own delusions of some political grandeur, your, your moral high ground that you live on. Because he said the P word. Because he said two Corinthians. Because he was a little over the top on Twitter because he could be. And honestly, I think that's what his assignment was, was to shake and bake the whole system. Remember putting your pork chops in those little things, little bags, putting your little breadcrumbs and throwing the pork chops and just shake, 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 shake. Yeah, well, that's what Donald Trump did for the past four years. Back to the promised land. Some of you are like, but we were just in the promised land. And what happened? We've been robbed. Like God brought us out here. This is how you feel. And I know you do because I read your emails. And I also follow you online. I observe. I don't, I don't care that I have 55,000 followers. I've already told you the Christian illiterates that like to come after me about, well, you're not very nice. You know, the, the super holy ones, the Beth Moores of the world, who like to tell me that President Trump, there's no way God would have chosen someone like him. The illiterate ones, I love it. The illiterate, sanctimonious, holy ones that try to come after me. I'm like, listen, let me tell you something. You don't have to delete me. I will delete every last one of you and keep 300. I only need 300. I only need 300. So when we get into this conversation of, well, it couldn't have been God. There's no way. Uh, Thank the Lord he's gone. But what do we do now? And then the rest of, I don't know, the uh, 90% of people who voted for President Trump who absolutely adore him because they see promises made, promises kept. I mean, you could take God out of the equation entirely because not ever, clearly, I think 25, 27% of the voter base is Christian, which is pretty cool because it was pretty abysmal before that. When I got on the air, it was like 7% of y'all are hanging out. You know, you would actually show up to do some work. The rest of you guys are either sitting in your Jesus recliners waiting for his second return, again, because you're the sanctimonious ones who are only passing through. We're sojourners. We're foreigners. Okay, right. We're foreigners. We're passing through. We were, this is not our final destination, duh, but it is our occupation. This is, this is his territory. If you're living in it and you proclaim that he lives inside of you, guess what, sucker? Time to get up out of your recliner and do something. That's been my message for five years on the air. It hasn't gone over well for some people, and others are like, thank God someone's finally saying what I feel. (sighs) Here we are. It's been a long day. A good, productive day. 
But a lot of you feel like we're out in the desert. God, God just like, okay, we've had, he brought us out. He brought us out from Egypt, from the Barack Obama, the Barack Hussein Obama of eight years of hell, of division, of, of mental and emotional slavery. Right? How many? Walk away. We had Candace Owens talking about the underground, you know, we're going to flee. We're going to flee the plantation of the Democrat Party. Brandon Straka talking about walk away, run. Right? We had the political Harriet Tubmans of the world. There weren't quite so underground. Everybody's leaving the plantation. So then y'all leave the plantation and you get out here and you're like, oh my gosh, we left Egypt. And are you kidding me right now? God and Trump and the military and everybody's going to leave us out here to die. What is happening right now? What I believe is happening right now is we have had four years of great prosperity in a number of ways. And, and again, if you go back to last evening's show, I discussed prosperity and that there's nothing unholy about prosperity as long as it's in order and that your soul is prospering. If your soul is not prospering and you know when your soul's prospering, don't even try it. You know when your peace is intact, your joy, you're choosing righteousness and holiness, you're consecrating your life, your time, your resources, your talents, your treasure, your words, your mind, your body, your habits, you've consecrated yourself unto righteousness. That is your soul prospering. And when we start practicing Matthew 6 and 33, which tells us to first seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things that we're so worried about, that avarice has such place to come in and say, well, I give, they got that. I don't even know who, who was a slave in, in my generations, but reparation sounds like a good idea to me. I'm going to get mine because I, I believe what Stacey Abrams told me, that I've been cheated out of something even though I don't know what. But if my skin's brown, that means, you know, I ain't got privilege. I'm telling you, I have buried a black husband. Someone said to me last night, well, you were married to an African-American, weren't you? I was like, no, I was not. I was married to a black American. Actually, he was black and Cherokee Indian. And my daughter to this day will tell you, mom, no, we don't, we don't practice African-American speech in our house. We just don't because that's not who we are. And that's not who my husband was. And that's not who my daughter is. And maybe they do have African roots. I don't know. But we don't do the high, I could say I'm a Greek American, I'm a German American, I have all the, how about I'm a mutt American, mutt hyphen American, how about that? I love it. But no, I'm an American, period, plain and simple. And I love my cultures, and I love my ethnicities that I get to dance around in and cook crazy stuff and, you know, look a little wackadoo at Easter because people are like, why are you guys roasting a lamb in the front yard again? So all these cool things that I get to practice, right? As an Orthodox Christian meets Protestantism, I mean, I'm just, I'm like, my God is infinite. I don't know about yours. He is not hung up on uh, sex, S-E-C-T-S, of, of, of freedom. <laughs> and neither am I. And I hope you're not either. It's beautiful. It's freedom. He's infinite. Like, no one even cares. It's not even going to matter in eternity well, did you go to church on Wednesday and Friday and Sunday? No one's going to ask you that there because no one's going to care. Did you say your Psalms and your, do your cross the right way? You know, and I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not mocking your practice. I'm mocking our propensity to think any of that crap's going to matter. When we can't get it right, when we can't recognize that God has not abandoned us right now, your religious sects are not going to save you. They're not going to save us. The only thing that's going to save us in the desert and keep us from going into rebellion and doubt and unbelief, and doubt and unbelief is rebellion. And he does have mercy. He does have mercy for fear. And for those of you who do doubt and struggle with unbelief, he does have mercy. Look at Gideon. People like to say, well, God's not going to honor you if you have fear because he didn't give us the spirit of fear. It says that 275,000 times in the word. But that's not true. Gideon was like, okay. Okay, 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 fine. Thank you for showing up again. But can we turn it over? Can we turn the fleece over in this direction and fold it and, you know, and then like make it wet only on this side? And then I'll believe that you're calling me into this battle that I in no way, shape, or form believe I'm equipped for. Matter of fact, I'm so scared of the battlefield that you've called me to. I'm hiding out over here in the wine press because I don't want to be recruited. He was kind of the for the forerunner of Jonah. Y'all know how it is because some of you guys are being called right now to a battlefield, to a conversation, to reconciliation, to confrontation. Maybe it's in your own mirror and you're like, "Mm -mm, hell no, I won't go because you don't have the faith to do it. Most of all, that usually that comes from a place of feeling like you're not worthy. Some of you are being called to step up right now into ministry. You have been called into a place of profit and you won't do it. You won't open your mouth because you've been trained to believe that you're, you don't have the education, you don't have the background, you don't have the backing, you don't have the money, you don't have the looks, the weight, the political prowess, you don't, you know, you just don't have the education. No, all of those things are excuses and they're of the devil. And I'm going to tell you why they're of the devil, because he keeps you in bondage to fear, but God has mercy for that. You keep asking, he's going to keep contending with you until he doesn't contend with you and you're going to have a decision to make. And I believe you'll make the right decision as it pertains to your life. And I don't even know who I'm talking to right now, but I know there are tens of thousands of you who listen to me and I know there's one or two of you out there that can that are like, oh my gosh, this message is for me. I know that because I I hadn't planned on even saying any of this. Back to the nation and politics in the desert. We don't need to die in the desert, but I'm telling you we're in the desert right now because as much of a promised land as we just came through, a lot of that was, how do I put this? Come on, Father. What's the perfect analogy? Because I can see it, and I'm usually really blessed with the ability to uh, speak in analogous terms, but because I don't want to detract from what President Trump has brought, what God has brought to this country through President Trump in the way of promises made and promises kept. Because I believe God is why President Trump was able to prosper. And he was able to prosper this country. And you were able to prosper during his, during his season. And I'm not saying his season is over. I'm saying that we're in a different season And I know that because Texas is literally under like a foot of snow, which never happens, the whole state. We're in a different season because we are in a transition in this country where no one really knows who's in charge of what and what's real and what's not. 
we are in transition. So we are in transitions of seasons right now. It's important to know that. Some of you are in transition of seasons of your lives. I know I am. Different volumes of the books of my life. My life. I love it. But I'm trying to think of the perfect analogy for where I believe we are right now as a nation, spiritually and politically, geopolitically. I don't know. It's like a lot of things have come to the surface that were under the surface about our, about the world system. And while we're dancing about and we're prospering and our stocks are up, our portfolios are up, retirement's looking good, the world, the economy's great. You know, we brought jobs back to America again. We are really feeling like making America great again is happening. Um, you know, our international relations have been eh, a little rocky, but ultimately, you know, I think we've made more peace than we have war for sure during this administration, uh, undoubtedly. Um, there are a lot of things that we can look at and go, okay, all right, I got a job, I'm in school, I got opportunity. There were opportunity zones created. People were let out of prison who should have never been in prison, in my humble opinion, and then others who should never leave prison, um, in my humble opinion. But the president really worked hard, I think, to accommodate uh, nearly every landscape of the nation that was just vying and in, in, in demanding his attention, right? Whether it had been whether it was through identity politics or, hey, it's our turn, or you know, um, prosperity. You know, we need our jobs and what, whatever it was. He he was pulled the military defense. He was pulled in a number of directions because that's what happens when you're the president. But underneath all of this prosperity. There is a world of filth that when when he said, let's drain the swamp, some of you were like, yeah, you kind of stopped at the hashtag campaign, right? Like you were like, hashtag drain the swamp, right? Like I know how that works. I'm a political strategist. I get it. I know what works. And, and I was it, great to see it. I did it too. Hashtag mega, hashtag drain the swamp, right? Drain the swamp. President Trump's draining the swamp. But you know what he was really doing? I'm going to go back to this analogy. He wasn't draining the swamp. What's happening is you're seeing the swamp. (laughs) The swamp's getting ready to drain because God has pulled the plug on the swamp that's been circulating underneath our entire system around the entire globe. And Donald Trump was used to plunge the swamp. And none of us really saw this coming. We didn't see this part of the equation coming, mainly because we knew that we had the votes, that he had the support. I mean, a blind man could see the tens of thousands of people across this country regularly showing up, 30, 50,000 people showing up at rallies for a president. When does that ever happen? And I'm talking over four years consistently consistently while he was in office, for God's sakes. I thought it was brilliant. I just thought it was great. I'm like, you know what? God bless him. He didn't get in office and kick back in his recliner and, you know, well, I'm the president. No, he didn't He didn't strut across the stage with that arrogant smirk on his face. He came out there head on after a 20-hour day, third stop 
on Air Force One with his beautiful family by his side and literally very few supporters. You know how I know that? Look around. Who is still standing with President Trump? Who? You can probably count them on one hand. The RNC, as far as I'm concerned, wrecked the nation. They wrecked his opportunity at a second term, as we know it. Completely compromised and leveraged. They hated him. His hate for them, their hate for him was greater than their love for you. So think about that when they're asking you for money. They don't like you. They are literally political elitists. And they'll praise Jesus and we're so pro-life and we're so much better than the left while they're secretly working behind your backs, God's back, which nothing gets behind God's back, all the little crappy things that they do in the dark because they loathe the common man and woman. They're elitists, and we have them on both sides of the aisle, and it is wicked. Underneath all of that, there is a cabal that is a geopolitical disaster. There's a, there are economies operating under the surface of this nation and other nations that are intricately woven together that have now been exposed. So we are out in the desert right now. And God is providing manna. We didn't escape Egypt with President Trump. Hear me. We, he led us out of Egypt, out of Barack Hussein Obama's administration. That giant lie of an administration that was willing to sell our souls without our knowledge to our enemies and even even with our knowledge, we looked at him and went, well, I guess we can't criticize him because, you know, he is our first black president. And then you had the left swearing to it, saying, well, if you do, you're a racist. I'm sorry. Let's think of another term. You're privileged. And you start looking around at your life, and, and you're like, and then your pastors, right? Your pastors who were leveraged by alphabet soup agencies, some of your pastors are not really called from God. They're operatives. They are assets. I know, isn't that crazy? But it's just the truth. I'm not one of them. I think you can tell that by now, clearly. I'm an asset, all right. Usually I stop at ass most days, but I am an operative of the kingdom of God, albeit an imperfect one. And I'm totally fine with that, and I hope you are too. And if you're listening to me, chances are you're just as imperfect as I am, and you know it. And that's awesome because God's taken us from glory to glory, and don't you ever forget it. But as it relates to the swamp, some of your pastors are so beyond crappy compromise. They were no more called than a man on the moon. God no more called some of your pastors than you would call a feral cat into your bedroom to cover to cuddle up at night. Some many were called, few were chosen, and some just showed up. And so the church is compromised. And you know how we get compromised? Because we're ignorant, we're illiterate to the word. And I say that in love. It's not like I've been in the word for the past, you know, although I, I have. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in the Word, and I'm reminded more and more daily of how much I love it. I love feasting on it. I mean, I could, 
I was telling my dear friend Linwood this morning, um, and I have an announcement to make about that as well. Um, I was telling him just this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, I just, you know, with my recent um, homecoming, right, where the Lord nudged me, tapped me on the shoulder, whacked me upside the head, whatever he did to, you know, call his prodigal wayward daughter back to him. And I've never been happier. It's amazing how much I love the word. I mean, I love words. I consume them. I love them. They're so important. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So as I'm reading the word this morning, I'm just like, wow, thank you so much for calling me back so that I can pour back into you all because I know not all of you will take time to read the word, but I I really wish you would. I really wish that whatever I share with you guys, that you'll not just take my word for it, that my stories and my passion and my, my wonder, right, and my just asinineness some days will just lead you to go search things out for yourselves because you're going to find him. You're going to find him. You're going to find your joy. You're going to find your peace. You're going to, you're going to hold on to your righteousness and not let anything take it away from you. Not even being in a political desert, not even knowing what the hell is going on. Is the military involved? Are they not involved? Are they in control? Are they not in control? Is Biden asleep? Is he dead? Is he still awake? I mean, is that really him? Are we living a weekend at Bernie's? I mean, what what is going on right now? Is that really real where he's literally sitting on a stool and you see this, you know, time clock and Jill and they're kind of looking around and you hear like crickets chirping in the background and he has no idea where he is. Is that even him? Yeah, this is the time when you're in the desert and you start building golden calves. And I want to encourage you not to do that, to be aware of the fact that we are in a desert. It doesn't mean we're going to stay there. Remember, it only took 40 days. It would. It was a 40-day journey into the promised land. <laughs> it literally took 40 years. Only because they refused to enter into his rest. And there was one lesson after another. And I'm not saying that we're in a 40-year desert. But I'm telling you, some of you are going to make decisions during this time of transition that are going to, you're going to make permanent decisions in temporary situation, in a temporary situation. And I want to encourage you not to do that. There are 11, 12-year-old children hanging themselves because they're depressed, because they can't go to school, because they miss their friends. And instead of you all actually showing up with, you know, your mouth and your power uh, of your of your mouth, demanding that your school boards open your schools, that your superintendents open your schools, or you quit being afraid and take advantage of the fact that you can homeschool your children and get them out of the Leviathan's mouth, for God's sakes, it's trying to devour them with every fake history teaching, every um, reconciliation teaching, every reparation teaching, every grace theory teaching. Every, I mean, come on, you know, what do we have here? Common core. I mean, they're, we send our little sheep, our little lambs. We, we send them to the slaughter every day. And it's like, why aren't you getting together with other parents and letting your kids play together? Were you afraid of COVID? Okay, fine. Make everybody wear a mask. You afraid someone's going to tell on you? Okay, fine. 
Here, I'll dial the number myself. That's what I'm telling you. They are they want you to shrivel up and die in this desert while they're taking away your freedoms. They're demanding that you submit yourself to lies. And I want to encourage you to resist. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Whether it's your school board, whether it's your jacked up state legislature, whether it's your governor, a lieutenant governor, secretary of state, your corrupt DA, you name it. Submit yourself to the truth of God, the truth, the author of liberty, who helped fashion our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Submit yourself to that and resist, and the devil will flee. And you will come out the other side of this desert into another promised land that's going to be more glorious than this one because that drain, that swamp is draining And the reason why hell's mouth is open right now and she is screaming and writhing like a, like a, like a serpent with her head cut off on the ground. This whole system is like that. We're still, we're dealing with a spirit of Jezebel, Leviathan, behemoth. All of them right now are coming against God's children, truth speakers, truth seekers, constitutionalists. I mean, they are coming hard. My friend right now in the state of Georgia has the entire cabal after him, claiming that he's insane. You don't think they're coming for you? And he is resisting on behalf of all of you. He is submitting himself to the truth of God. He is resisting the lies of the devil, and this devil's going to flee. I declare it, and I proclaim it right here on this show in the name of Jesus. It is done. That devil's going to flee because my father said it and he wrote it and it's done. I believe it. And it may only take one. But I speak to that mountain in the name of Jesus, all of this false accusation coming against Lynn Wood, and I declare you into the ocean of forgetfulness. You are gone. The head of this Leviathan is cut off. Your voices will no longer be allowed to speak and your teeth have been removed from your mouth. That's how I pray and that's what I believe. And if you do too, I highly encourage you to agree with me and start doing it tonight. Say amen right now in the name of Jesus. It is done. Let this man be an example to you that this is how we behave in the desert. He is literally in a desert with maybe a handful of people that he can trust that God has sent to him in the desert to minister to him in this desert of his life. His family has abandoned him, his coworkers, his colleagues, his clients, the entire judicial system that is completely compromised. They have left him on the battlefield in the desert, just as they did President Trump. Now, if you can't see the, the, the congruency between President Donald Trump's life and what he has endured in the past four years and more recently through this sham of an impeachment, through four years of our wasted $40 billion in a freaking fraud of an investigation, while no one who launched that crap has been held accountable, not one person. And then you look at Lynn Wood and the person of Lynn Wood. And you see a truth speaker. 
you see a lightning rod for truth. And most everyone have, they've run away. And he has an entire cabal. We're talking corporate, big tech, legal. Attempting to take him off the planet. I don't want to hear this crap about cancel culture. Stop it. There's no such thing as cancel culture if you're a Christian. It is kill, steal, and destroy. That's it. Those are your three options that are coming down from your enemy against your life, America. Against your freedoms. That's what's happening right now. It is happening in his life, and I'm watching it up close and personal. And I declare the word of the Lord over Linwood and over my President Trump. And I declare it over every one of you who are listening, and I declare it over my life, that God is not a liar, and neither are his prophets. And I don't know how long we're going to be in this desert. It could be 40 days. It could be 40 months. It could be, I have no idea. It could be 40 years before God is like, I'm draining. I am pulling the plug on the swamp that Donald Trump plunged for four years. I'm pulling it. And y'all better get ready because all of your little sacred cows that you're tempted, that you've built up in the deserts of your political lives, they're all circling the drain. Do you want to go with them? Do you really want to go down the drain? with the elephants or the jackasses who have deceived you, who have lied, who have trafficked our children together, together, who have gotten in bed with crony capitalism and sold you out, burdened you unduly uh, unduly with taxes, every kind of tax you can imagine. We We have allowed people to profit off of other people's poverty that we get to pay for as taxpayers. Aren't you finished saying amen to that crap? Or do you just feel so good about yourself because, you know, it's so sanctimonious for us to just give, Jesus said to give to the poor. He did. He also said, don't be stupid. You're always going to have the poor with you. That doesn't mean you don't give to the poor. But here's a better way to give to the poor. Give them opportunity. Take them in and feed them the word of God that will set them free, that will make them free. Give them and pray for wisdom to rest upon their heads. Give them a bed to sleep in. Give them clothes on their backs. Give them food in their belly, spiritual and physical food. Quit judging them. Quit giving them clean needles and dirty needles and get the needles out of their lives, period. Get them the help they need chemically, physiologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Quit touching our little kids in the name of Jesus and covering it up. Well, they've done a lot of good. They've sold a lot of cookies. At least my kid knows how to build a a fire. You know, the Boy Scouts aren't that bad. And not every priest is a molester. Are you kidding me right now? Sacred cow season is over. Over. Circling the drain. I don't want you to go with your sacred cows. And I don't want to go with mine. And I've got them. Trust me. Anything I ever preach or teach on this show, I promise you, as sure as you're listening to me, I have either struggled with it or I'm still struggling with it or could struggle with it. But for the grace of God, there go I. So don't get it twisted. 
I do not think I sit in some sanctimonious cloud. But I love God. And I don't always act like it. And and you know what? It's not even, here. here's the truth. It's not that I love God. You know what it is? He loves me. And you know what that means? He loves you. And he cares about our politics. I don't care what you holy rollers out there who hate politics. And y'all forget that Satan was the first politician and garnered a third of the vote. Y'all don't want to talk about that. And Jesus came and canvassed, you know, his port, his part of the earth. Talk about canvassing. I hate canvassing. My political friends know, don't call Monica for canvassing. There's only one person I said I would canvass for. And he lost the Secretary of State's race to this goomba that we have in there now who's completely compromised and just full of it. Ugh, his whole office needs to be drained. Talk about a swamp. I live in Georgia. Georgia. I'm going to leave you with this. Okay, here we go. Oh, I love this. And this is why I speak with such authority on this tonight, that in the name of Jesus, the teeth of those that are just clenching against the president, against Lynn, against you, at your job, at your daycare, at your school, your university, in your own mirror, in your own families, your own friendships, your own neighborhood, your own HOAs, wherever they are. In the name of Jesus, I declare this. He suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Are you speaking on behalf of the kingdom of God? Are you speaking the truth of the kingdom of God? Are you speaking the will of God into the earth? I'm not calling you to the office of prophet, but there's something in the prophetic realm that bears witness with your spirit when you hear the truth. And if your pastors are the ones that are tucking tail and running for the hills right now because they think that Kim Clement got it wrong, you need to find a new church because they are not bearing witness with the Spirit of God. Because anyone who has the Holy Ghost in their soul, in their spirit, in their body, knows that Kim Clement was not a liar. And more importantly, the person who spoke to him and through him is not a liar. And that would be our father. The Lord remembers his covenant is the title of Psalm 105. He has not forgotten us, America, and he will not forget us. He will never forget us. We are any of us who are his children We are engraved on the palms of his hands. And even if this entire country imploded, he would still be a faithful God. I want you to get to a place where you know that, you eat that, and you believe it, and you take it down into your that truth, into your innermost parts of your belly, into your spirit, man, and you don't let anything anyone take that from you not a political party not a not a not a coup soft hard or in between not a nuclear holocaust not a divorce not a death not an illness not false accusation not envy and jealousy strife bitterness theft theft of your elections 
abject lies about you. None of it. Because when you have the truth of God down in your spirit, man, down in your bones and your marrow, he says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise a standard against him. And do you know what that standard is? It's a banner. It's the word of God. That's why I've defended our flag so vehemently as an American patriot. Because I understand what the flag means. I understand the symbolism behind that banner. It stands for freedom. And people who are grossly oppressed around the world are not on their knees during a men in tights game. They're standing out in the middle of squares facing tanks and certain death with our flag in their hands. And some of you believe that was false. Uh, but that was some kind of a contrived video or a psyop or, again, you know, a, a deep fake or whatever the heck technology is. But here's what I know. I know my relatives in Germany aren't deep fakes. And when they call me crying because they don't know what the hell is going to happen in their country because we, they just think we just lost our election, that's not a deep fake. Those tears are real. So this country does hold the banner as the city on a hill, a lighted city on a hill. We do hold the banner of freedom. And I don't believe for one second that God is finished with this country. I just don't. And I know the banner that he's raising right now, if you're listening to my voice, is the banner of liberty and truth, justice and equality for all. And he remembers his covenant. And his covenant is peace with you. It is joy with you. It is righteousness with you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. And believe me, I've had many nights where I did not believe what I'm telling you right now. But the Spirit of God, if you, it is, it is alive. It is in, on fire inside of me. I have a fire in my belly that I could not quench if I wanted to, and I don't want to. But I am watching my dear friends and, and men who I know have been called of God I see the Spirit of the Lord on them. I'm watching them suffer in a battle that God has called me to speak life and power and strength. When my local newspaper accuses any of us, you included, of using the terms digital army or God's army, they're that frail. They're not that frail. They're that manipulative. They're actually that demonic because that's what the devil does. Of course we have angel armies, and he knows that, which is why if he can silence you from calling them to come and stand in the gap for us in the heavenlies, then we won't. And that's not to say that God will abandon us, but there's power in our words. So of course the enemy wants to alter them and silence you. I'm calling you to pray that on this Friday, when Lynn Wood's case is set for conference and other cases as well in the Supreme Court of the United States of America that no matter what Justice John Roberts has already decided in his little head and in his heart that he's going to allow people to, you know, make decisions and motions and move and, and, and conference and we're, we're going to meet on these things and we're going to push them back to the states. Whatever he's decided, if he if he's said, you know what, nope, throw it in the trash. We're not going to deal with any of that crap. The election's over. Hashtag move on. If that's where his mind is, I want you to stand in agreement with me that God gets the final word. 
that the God, the word of God is true, that he does hold the hands, the, the hearts of kings in his hand. If you believe that, I want you to declare it, and I want you to declare it loud throughout the day on Friday. Start now and start praising him. We're not begging. We're not spiritual beggars. We're not orphans. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. Come boldly because you understand who sits on the mercy seat and it's not you and it's not a calf and it's not, you know, a Wuhan bat. It's Jesus. Come boldly before the throne of grace is what he says. So you march yourself right up to our father's throne in the name of Jesus, in the gratitude of a child of God who understands the war that's been waged for your soul to be redeemed in this life and eternity. For you to prosper, for your soul to prosper in this life and eternity. And you march before the throne of God and you say, Papa, Abba, Father, thank you so much for the victory because it's yours. It's ours. I believe you. Remind him of his word. He tells you to remind him. I know some of you are like, what? God said to remind him of his promises? That seems so uh, disrespectful. We're supposed to fear the Lord. See, you don't know your word. He tells you to come boldly. That doesn't mean you bust through the doors of heaven and through the mercy seat, you know, like some kind of a buffoon who's ungrateful and all proud and arrogant. And how do you know that? Because he resists the proud. (laughs) Again, there's scripture for you. So you don't walk in proud. You walk in with love and awe and gratitude and you think, Thank him for our victory. Start thanking him now. He inhabits the praises of his people. Not the, I don't know how it's going to work out. And he's all of executive orders. And I just don't know. And I don't know what's real. And Trump left us. And I don't even know if I can believe in God anymore. And my 401k and my kids hate me. And I just. No. When my, I'm telling you now, I'm not God. And when my daughter steps to me with that crap, I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Let's back that thing up and try again. Knock on the door and come back in. Don't come to me with all that mess, all that self-pity, all that doubt. Uh-uh. Well, Mom, you're just so mean. I don't know. No, you you email my daughter tonight. She would tell you. I do not play that mess. So I know if I don't play that mess, God doesn't play that mess. I love it when my daughter comes to me. She's like, Mom, and she does too. Trust that. Mom, remember when you promised that you were going to do this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. I did. And I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm not God. He's not man that he should lie. I'm a woman, and, I, you know, we can be kind of good at that sometimes, depending upon how far, you know, in the, in the crapper we find ourselves. And so all of us can, or how much we don't want to do something, Right. So I'm like, oh, did I really promise that? Are you sure that's what I said? And she's like, yeah, mom, you promised. I'm like, okay, well, let me keep my promise to my baby. So if I'm like that, Jesus said, man, if you who are wicked would not give your child a serpent when he asked, you know, you wouldn't give him a stone when he asked for bread. How much more will your father in heaven give to you who has already given you? The greatest gift of all. 
in the way of his son, Jesus Christ, how much more the father who has pity on us, the word says he has pity on us like a mother, like a father. He has pity on us as his children. You know why? Not because he feels sorry for us, but because he understands our frame is what that word says. He understands what we're made of. We're we're made of dust. (laughs) My late pastor used to say, you know, he knows we're just but dust. Take that however you want. (laughs) I like emphasis is important, Pastor Henry. (laughs) But he knows our frame. Psalms tells us, when my mother and father forsake me. David didn't say if, he said when. Some of you beat the crap out of yourselves because you feel like you failed as parents and the devil's right there to confirm it and just reaffirm it every morning, every time your kids don't call. Every time they say, oh, you're a stupid Trump supporter. Every time they block you on something. Every time they're in rebellion. You know, you're just right there with them, super glued to hell with accusation. Yep, you're right. I shouldn't have had that affair. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have had a drinking problem. Yep. I, you know, I worked too hard. I worked too long. Yep. Shouldn't have spent so much time on my phone or watching football or all the other addictions I had. Shouldn't have divorced your mother or mothers. I mean, all that stuff, right? And God promises us that when my mother and father forsake me, you will take me up. David knew that. His soul Knoweth that right well. You know how he knew it? Because that man, that king, went through hell and back with God. He wrestled with God, and he was definitely imperfect. I mean, if essentially he had a man murdered out on the battlefield so he could have his wife and cover up the pregnancy. I mean, just this, this stuff is so good. If you're like, I don't understand the Bible, I just want to encourage you, get the Bible out, whatever translation you can, ask the Lord for wisdom, ask him to open your eyes and just devour it. It's great. It's like you guys are addicted to things like Bridgerton, all of your little Netflix crap, right? The Bible is so much better than Netflix. <laughs> it is it, like Netflix writers have nothing on the Bible stories. And then you can apply them to your life. And I know some of you atheists are like, oh my God, this woman's so crazy. But you know what? You're still listening. And you know why you're listening? Because there's something inside of you that hears the truth of what I'm saying and is calling to you. And I'm not religious. I don't have a religious spirit. I try to practice true religion, which James tells us is to care for the widow, to visit the widow in her widowhood to care for the orphan, and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's true religion according to the Bible. We've managed to mess it all up, just all kinds of levels of craziness. But if you're one of my atheist followers or agnostics, you know I love you, and there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing. I don't care how many crazy things you send me about Jesus was a homosexual. I've seen all your crazy little pictures, and you think they're going to offend me. And they're not. I'm not offended by that. Because I understand with what spirit I'm dealing. I'm able to separate you as a created being of my Heavenly Father who just hasn't realized it or has rebelled against it or has been so wounded that you refuse to believe that God is real, that God loves you, 
that God is perfect, that God didn't make a mistake with you or your life, that he's sitting there waiting to redeem you. When I say redeem you, I mean draw you close. That's our Father. And that's all I've got for tonight. I love you. You know where to find me. Yes, I am now on the board of directors for Fight Back along with Herschel Walker. That's my announcement. I am so pumped and I'm so excited. Herschel is like, I'm a Georgia girl, honey. And Herschel Walker is salt of the earth. I'm very, very, very honored to have been called to this and to serve alongside him. And we are going to keep fighting and fighting back. You can go to fightback.law and donate and find out what's going on in the world of Linwood and many others fighting against the cabal. I love you. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one.